Till 5. Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined by my co-host Nikki. Hello. I think that intro made me lose 5% of my hearing then. It was much louder than usual, but I'm here for it. Oh, really? It was actually quieter. I turned it down for once. Oh, no. Oh, but it's sorry. fine. Maybe you've got better <laughs> headphones than me. I think I'm at like 50% as well listening. Yeah. Uh, You know, actually, oh, sorry. You know when you, when you think you're going to burp and it's just like stuck there? That's currently happening. So it's just really difficult. Any moment I feel like I'm just going to start burping. So I apologize. Is that going to be the beginning of this episode? You talking about the fact that you needed to burp? <laughs> yep. I'm going to okay. leave it in as well. I'm not even going to edit. <laughs> Um, it's probably going to be uh, quite a short intro because we don't have any Nikki's news today, do we? No news, no. I mean, apart from the fact that I've got some life news that my car broke and it was very stressful, but no one needs to hear about that. Um, we have no news relating to Game Tour 5 or anything of that sort, so. Yeah, it's just been warm and sweaty everywhere yeah. and stressful. So we'll, we'll just skip over that a little bit and go on to the It's fine. We, do, we don't always need news. Like, if there's no news, then there's no news. I mean, no news is good news, maybe? Yeah, let's go with that. I mean, at the moment, during 2020, no news is definitely going to be good <laughs> Agreed. News. Yes. All right. So our episode today is going to be talking about our top five LGBTQ plus characters. Yes. From video games. From video games. Yeah. Just not in general. I mean, when do we ever talk about anything else? Yeah. Um, today, because it's novels. Pride Month. Yes, it's, well, it it's, is... it's like the last few days of Pride Month, but we're still in Pride Month. Yeah, when this comes out, it's literally going to be probably like the last day of Pride Month. So we're really sorry that we're really slow on that. But yes. like I was saying to you earlier, Nikki, um, I find that because Pride for us in our area doesn't happen until like start of August, I think our Pride Parade is. So I always see like the start of Pride Month happen this month because of the actual like historical connections mm. to it. But then for me, it just carries on until like August. So I just see I mean, Pride as like Pride Summer. In Brighton, every day is Pride Month. So yeah, I mean we are gay capital of UK, which is wov- lovely, wovely, and I wovely, <laughs> so wovely. I think um, as well. I just wanted to mention with this particular topic, we know that there is great lengths that we need to go to with this kind of subject in video games. Not everything is perfect. Some things can be, you know, criticised from where people have done things and or not done certain things. And we're well aware of that. And we're not trying to say that this particular person is perfect in their representation. But we kind of just want to celebrate the the characters sort of under this umbrella in games and just talk about why we love them and why we think maybe they've done done good things for the community or, or whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Like we said, I think it's it's difficult when you feel underrepresented in. Yeah, representation. I don't know. That's not <laughs> represented. Represented. God, what is happening to me? It's a terrible <laughs> intro. I'm so sorry. It's not your day. It's not. It's really not. I haven't. It's, there's had no news, anyone. and it's throwing you off. It has. Like something, something's changed, and you don't like it. <laughs> the wind. The winds have changed. <laughs> Game till five, and it's it's disturbing me quite a lot. I have to say. Um, but Nikki, you put it better, so I'll just be quiet <laughs> okay yeah we want to we want to celebrate everything and everything lgbtq plus i'm gonna say that i'm probably gonna get that wrong sometimes because i have a problem with saying things in order um it's something to do with my brain i have this cat clear and it makes me i can't really do the alphabet either so <laughs> um Especially that's why i apologize if i get it in the wrong order if they're starting to switch it up on you it's gonna be even worse <laughs> yeah but i'm gonna try and we're gonna have fun talking about our favorite characters exactly Alright, well, in that case, we'll uh, just play the top five intro. Beware your ears. (laughs) 
What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? into this episode actually and i think it's your turn to go first this week Nikki. yes we is. should probably explain our favorite shopkeeper himself <clears throat> mr beadle because i reckon we're gonna have some crossovers maybe actually i don't know yes. look at my list again we maybe might not. do yeah i think that um we probably won't but if we do if we have a crossover of the same character mr beadle is gonna chime in oh just like that and bursting my eardrums once again <laughs> I don't understand why they're so loud for you today. I thought right. I'd finally fix them. I'm going to okay. actually fix them so they stop deafening people. I think I say <laughs> this okay. every week. I don't think they're deafening everyone else. I think it might just be us. It's because I have to post-edit quite a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you're lucky that you're not getting deafened. Yeah. It's just us. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So... <laughs> All right, then. I'll happily go into my number five. All right, then. My number five is Chloe Price from Life is Strange. Oh, not. I may almost not. make beetle noise, but no, it's not. Okay. So Chloe is, uh, she's in Life is Strange 1, and she is the best friend of the main protagonist, Max Caulfield. Caulfield? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I said it like cool. <laughs> she's Caulfield. Max Caulfield. Caulfield, I think, is the way you say it. Uh, she's also the main protagonist in Life is Strange Before the Storm. So you play as her and you befriend someone called Rachel Amber. So two of these people, so Rachel and Max, are potentially love interests for Chloe. Uh, I don't think that I like had Max pursue Chloe necessarily. I know that it's heavily implied and I think that generally there is this kind of thing between them. But for some reason I always saw Max as more of a friend, which a lot of people have probably come at me for. But that's mostly because I shipped Chloe and Rachel more mm. so. I think Max and Chloe had a really, really lovely um, sort of like friendship relationship. But for something between for me, Chloe and Rachel Amber was like there was more chemistry, I think. And I I pushed that like way more. Um, But yeah, supposedly um, Chloe's gender, which I always assumed that Chloe was a lesbian. But supposedly um, Ashley Birch, who plays the voice actor of Chloe, has said that she um, is sort of sexually fluid and doesn't confine herself to labels, which is a very Chloe thing to do. To be like, don't label me as like one thing. Um, she does make comments about having boyfriends in the past. Um, she makes a comment about maybe like Mr. Jefferson. Uh, not a fan of him, but about him being hot, I think at one point. But mm. And maybe once being into like toy boys or something. And oh. so, but then at one point she does say, so this is what I mean, it's very heavily debated. At one point she does say the boys are gross. Um, so it's hard to know. Maybe she's kind of bisexual, but Pan it's like leans more like towards that. females. Maybe mm. um, it's it's hard to know. I I think personally, I feel like maybe she's more bisexual, but I guess it's kind of open to interpretation. But there's one thing that I wanted to talk about mm. here, and this was on like more of a personal level. But like I think for me personally, like I would relate to that more. I don't think I've even really ever told you this, so this is just like very intense right now. <laughs> But I think for me on a personal level, I think especially like in the past like five years, like I think I'm coming to terms more with like my kind of like sexuality and like yeah. being a bit more sexually fluid than maybe I used to realise. And I don't think you know that. You don't really know that, do you? No. And I was going to say, I don't think you know the same thing about me. Is that <laughs> okay, well, we're all coming same, out right now then. <laughs> the same thing is I've always thought that the idea of being pansexual probably quite speaks to me. Yeah. The idea of just if you meet someone, regardless of their... Uh, their gender like of if course. you're you know if you're attracted to them and their personality and it's the 
the thing of the person like the soul yeah. of the person like that's more what you're attracted to and then mm-hmm. also you know just whatever so yeah no yeah. I, I think i'd agree okay. i think the same thing oh well this is well, a nice revelation this for both is of us. nice <laughs> i think as well the reason like why i've never like brought up because you know i've only sort of recently spoken to my partner about it now uh like in the last few days because i knew that i was going to bring it up today i was like well mm. i don't really want to mention it i think it's because I think I was always really worried that people would just assume that I was doing it for like a non-legitimate reason. Um, and I know a lot of people will say, well, you've never had like a relationship with a female. So therefore, you know, how do you know? Or like, are you actually? But I think for me, like, I never wanted to bring it up because I was like, well, I don't need to prove anything to anyone. Like I know the way that I feel. And I know that like deep down, like I can be attracted equally to a man, to women. I think I say I'm more probably re- more attracted to men more than I am women, like, like a bigger percentage, but like I have, been in the past and therefore it's more complicated like I think this thing like sexuality is so complicated and it's never simple as just like yes I like both 100% or yes you know of some people it is but yeah it's just such a weird thing and I think that's yeah. why I never spoke about it because I just never wanted to be judged or doubted or anything like that um but I think as I've gotten older I'm like Do you know what I've now realized that everyone else is kind of like probably feels this, uh, similar in certain ways and especially like video game characters and understanding that it's okay to not necessarily feel like you're in one box definitely and i think that's the the key thing is like although we you know we have labels and stuff and some people very much gravitate towards one thing or the mm-hmm. other there are just you know times when you just don't feel like you fit in either or yeah. you fit in many camps and i think that you know like i think that's the thing like some video games now and some representation across other media as well is kind of making that feel a little bit more like that's okay. And I think I, yeah. I get what you mean. It's kind of like, I think I've never really addressed it because I was worried about getting put in a specific box and being mm-hmm. like, well, actually I'm probably not, I don't fit in that box quite well because that's not quite how I feel um, really. So yeah. yeah. And I think and the thing and is then, it, it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. But then being judged by the people who are very connected to that thing a bit, like you of said, course. like, oh, you're not, you're not that because that's not something you've done yeah. before or you know I've not but that's it like you don't owe an explanation to anybody but yourself and I think that's why I'm a bit more open about speaking with it now because I'm actually like well yes I will say this is what I am and this is how I feel but if you don't believe me or if you don't think that I am then it doesn't matter because like you're not me and so I'm now I feel a lot more comfortable especially like talking about something like someone like Chloe who is in that same kind of way of like not liking labels and just being those years you know like I know um a woman who you know, she had like four kids and then she ended up marrying her female best friend like later in life in her forties. And it's just not as simple as everyone thinks it, it can be. And it's, it's like mm. I said, it's, it's your prerogative. It's your life. It's you. Like you're the only person who knows what you feel. Um, and it's okay to be whatever, feel whatever you want really. But I'm yeah. very stressed. That was all very stressful, but I feel like <laughs> we've opened up. Um, we know more about each other now and yeah. that's great. This is always nice. Everyone else knows too now, so. <laughs> I think they already knew before us, probably, so it's okay. Probably. But anyway, back to Chloe. So... Oh, yeah, the point of this podcast. It's not just, yeah. just about having a lovely moment together. No, but, you know, there was that too. Yeah. But, yeah, so Chloe for me was my kind of understanding and, and maybe about myself a little bit. But she yeah. also apparently could be based on a character called Emma from the French movie Blue is the Warmest Colour. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh, if not, I've heard very much about it and I know bits yeah. of it, but I've never actually watched it. Yeah, it's good. Um, both characters are kind of like punkish, rebellious teenage girls. Um, one of them has short blue hair, I think. I don't know if they both do. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But they, uh, Emma is, is gay. Obviously, Chloe, we're not 100% sure on that. But it's, yeah, that, it's quite a good movie. I'd recommend it. And mm. uh, Actually, that's my only fact. Oh, wow. Okay, don't have many facts. I struggled one. with facts, actually, uh, through most of this, this list. 
yeah. I think. But I picked Chloe because she's awesome anyway. She's one of my favourite characters of all time. I think I've mentioned her a lot, so that's why I don't really need to go into her a bit more. She's just a cool, she's a cool gal. And, uh, yeah. and she's my number five and she's helped us um, sort of, you know, release some inner truths. Yeah, we've had a nice conversation thanks to, uh, thanks yeah. to her. Thanks, so what's your number five? So my uh, number five is, um, I've gone with uh, a character in a game called Catherine, which I think I've spoken about before, which is Erica Anderson. Um, Catherine is, I'll really quickly describe it, I think I've described it before, it's an erotic puzzle game is the easiest thing I think I've ever <laughs> described it as. Um, erotic is a weird one, but it is, It's and it's not, it's just, it's got a lot, it's around that kind of subject. Um, and there's a lot of like those kind of innuendos and stuff, but you don't really ever see anything. It's not like overtly sexual. Um, anyway, one of the characters in it is Erica, who is a nice waitress at the bar that you end up spending a lot of time in. Um, and she's really good friends with all the characters, other characters kind of thing. And when you're at the bar, you're always sat in a group and she's always kind of a part of that. Um, it's revealed in, and I think it's only one of the endings, but it's kind of hinted at throughout the game and stuff that she's transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice thing, the reason I really like her is that she's just friends with all of the patrons at the bar um, and everyone knows that she's a transgender woman but there's never any like gross jokes about it like no one ever, I don't know, it's never really mentioned as something in that way like there are hints about it and the way that they talk about certain things but it's not, I don't know, it's not because it's not like stereotypical, yes. yeah it's, it's not, not like, yeah like if we think about things like i don't know um the ace ventura movie at the end you know what i mean it's like that kind of representation it doesn't really have that which is quite nice um Hmm. which is why i kind of like her and she's a nice sunny like she's a really happy little character and then in the remake um the recent one like full body that i've played there's another character in it and uh they they're called rin um and they help her like him a lot um which is quite nice like they've got quite a nice relationship between the two of them so yeah um there's a lot around that kind of stuff um she ends up being with one of the super young enthusiastic guys at the bar toby um which is quite cute like he's much younger than her and there's this kind of thing between them um i think they end up sleeping together they're like the couple of days in or something stupid like that but um yeah it's just one of those things i think um she's just a nice one i don't really have anything like any more information on her because she's not a huge character in the game but she just is one of the people you talk to constantly um yeah she's kind of in there as being somebody who is transgender but not thrown in your face or used for you know it's the delivery isn't it it's it's how they do it like i think there's definitely probably examples in the past where people have done it wrong and not done it like in a good way and i think sometimes it just not having not being like i don't know how the best way to describe it but I don't want to say subtle, but in the way that it's not like, they're not being like stereotypical. They're not making like a, su- like, you know how someone could, could make something seem really like in your face and really like, hey, look, we've got a trans character in the game. It just, it just fits a part of the story. I think that's what is, is good. Just when it's yeah. sort of, you know, just, it just, it's just in there. It just makes sense. It just happens to be trans and that's cool. Yeah, I think that's it. You're, they're not defined by it, which is exactly yeah. what, you know, I think most people in, in you know the community one is they want someone that represents them as a person yeah. because them as a person doesn't necessarily involve anything to do with their sexuality um 
And she is actually praised for being quite a nice step forward in LGBTQ yeah. plus representation. You said it way um, better than I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it down, I think. Um, she's apparently quite likable. They found her really likable and kind and just a caring individual who just happens to be transgender and has quite a sympathetic yeah, exactly. background. Um, there are apparently are a few fans that weren't so keen on this representation just because um, I think the developers in the first version of the game used her dead name in the credits instead of Erica they used Eric and people have argued like a little bit against that and said like right well when this came out the developers um, weren't particularly aware of how insensitive that is for transgender people Um, so they they hope and then I don't know in the remake whether they do it again I think they fixed it um, but I'm not 100% sure yeah like I think it's okay to reflect and be like sorry like we made a mistake like we shouldn't have done that and then if if they could amend it then you know people make mistakes and, and I think moving forward you know admitting mistake and admitting sort of misdoing and being able to to change that and get it all sorted you know that's okay people people make mistakes it's okay to learn from them yeah I think that's it it's, you know if you're ignorant and you get told that you are ignorant going okay I really didn't understand that so now you've taught me I will yeah exactly you know do better not to do it again um yeah but yeah I think she's a nice character and I just really enjoyed her as a person she's really happy and she has very cool red hair so awesome. that's my uh, number five it's quite a short one I have no Hi. facts that's all right some of mine are long some of mine are short I think it kind of depends what I have to say yeah um my next one is a little bit longer so yeah. um my next one my number four is Dorian Pavus from Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh. Now, I always forget if you've played Inquisition. Inquisition is... Dragon Age. No, in, that's number three, right? I haven't even played number one. Right, okay. Origins. I really want to play Inquisition. It's been on my list forever and I've just never got around to it. Yeah, I think that's why I assumed you had because I remember we just keep talking about it and you're like, I will, I will, but I wasn't sure if you'd... <laughs> but then I feel like you'd you tell me when you played it, so... I will. I'll constantly message you being like, oh my God, yeah. this just happened. So I'm just now trying to remember if I've put anyone else from um, Bioware in here because Bioware has a lot. Okay, yes. (laughs) I mean, I've just given it away, but I may talk more about Bioware in a bit. But obviously, (laughs) Bioware um, and like the Dragon Age and the Mass Effect games have always been quite good at representation. They may not have always done things perfectly. No one is perfect. Mistakes happen. But generally, I think that we can applaud them for at least trying um and trying to get the representation representation out there um but one of my favorite characters of all time um is dorian who is a human altus mage of the tevinter imperium he is a companion and he has a romance option for male inquisitor so i was a little bit sad at this point because i met dorian and i'm like you are amazing i love you Uh, and obviously found out that he's strictly for the male inquisitor which is absolutely fine because i think that he potentially may have been the first male character that is exclusively for men i think a lot of the other men like zevran is it zevran from dragon age mm. one he was yeah. bi i think yeah so i'm I like think... do you know what it's fine like you yeah. can have dorian um <laughs> just one it's because like you know we have it a lot with the like males for like the females like this i feel like there's always been more um female to male strict relationships in bioware games so there has been like male to male strict kind of thing definitely um, yeah especially in earlier in earlier games i think there's more now i think mass effect has one um but yeah so i'll tell you a little bit about dorian he is a mage he has like he's very talented he is a a really good mage he's charming he's confident he has a really strong wit um and he's quite cocky as well which is why i think i liked him um because he's quite (laughs) sarcastic and he has a really good sense of humor um but he has a really troubled past and it's actually a really sad past 
so you find out a lot about it when you become like closer friends with him but you find out that he has quite like a, a, a royal sort of prestigious family but his father was an asshole who previously attempted to change his sexual orientation with blood magic I'm not going to go into more than that but it was not nice probably you could probably relate it to certain things in you know in real life where mm. people have tried to to do things like that and um and it was really horrible to sort of go through and an experience with him because you kind of help him you know talk to his father again and kind of like understand you know what's going on but yeah so he runs away from home after all of that and uh i did the thing where i wanted him to talk to his father i don't think i knew fully exactly what happened because to be honest i feel like if i did i would have been like stay the fuck away from that guy yeah. but either way the dialogue that you have with him was incredibly raw um but if you do let the dad apologize uh, this very like strong-headed man and, and proud man it does admit his wrongdoings and he takes responsibility for all of the lost trust between like him and his son um and you know dorian wasn't quite sure and th nothing is completely mended like i think for dorian it gives him like a sense of of understanding and you know he sort of can mm -hmm. because he's had that apology he can kind of move forward a little bit better um and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I think Dorian's character is so special because although it's quite a strong and sad storyline, you know, I think it does kind of have connections to the real world where maybe people haven't had great experiences with coming out and, and like disapproval from parents and maybe people can relate to that. And, and I think that it just, I don't know, it kind of just shows that, you know, we have issues too in this country. Yeah. Not in our country, sorry, this country, in this world. <laughs> we definitely have issues in this world, not just this country. Yeah. And and the fact that you can kind of see that in a video game. But and also he's just he's just an amazing guy with it with a sad backstory and I just love him. Yeah. He just yeah, I know I think I've uh, read about him quite a bit when I was looking at these kind of things and it just seems like a nice uh yeah. nice character for sure yeah um one of my facts it's not really a fact just to say that dorian received a real positive reception um in inquisition with attention drawn to his complex and richly written character um and obviously the fact that he is a gay man and he is a man of color um he is also voiced by a man called ramon tikaram um who is a cool guy uh the other thing as well one of my favorite facts because this is what happened in my game that if you don't romance um dorian or the Iron Bull, who is voiced by Freddie Prince Jr., who is also a great character. Um, Iron Bull is bisexual. The two will have party banter, indicating a sexual relationship between them both. And if your friendship is high enough with either of them, you can ask them about their relationship and things like that. And and I really, I like a lot of the banter that they share because Dorian has got like a lot of sarcastic, kind of sassy humour and the Iron Bull is quite like, kind of like the opposite, but also is quite funny. It's just, it's just a really nice relationship to observe yeah, between the nice. both of them. That sounds fun. Um, this also sounds a bit like Mass Effect Citadel, where you just when you yes. have your friends. I think uh, Mass Effect has that nice, not Mass Effect Bioware does that nice thing where, but where it creates these characters, but kind of lets them have their own lives outside of you. Yeah, it was like oh gossip. Yeah. Also, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing as well is, um, as a female, you can actually flirt with Dorian. I think which is why I didn't realize at first that he was like a strictly gay character. Mm -hmm. um, but he flirts back with you as well, which is really interesting. Um, and at one point, you can kind of accuse him of leading you on and be like, hey man, like, why are you leading me on? Like, why are you flirting with me? Like, when you're not, you know, into this. And um, 
he kind of comes back with because I did that I was like what's going on and uh, and he sort of apologizes and he just says oh it's just fun like it's just fun to kind of be like have a flirty banter and he says I can stop if you want like it's absolutely fine and I was like no like I want to continue this <laughs> um, like because it's just really nice and yeah. I just like it because he I think it's just personality it's just like very flirty it doesn't matter you know at that point he just just likes to have a bit of a laugh and and things like that it's just it's just very cool he's just a really nice likable person yeah that's just like a part of your friendship with that character yeah yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really cool. Again, it, it keeps getting moved around, but I will get around <laughs> to playing it eventually. Good. Cool. Uh, my number four? Yep. So my number four is from Mortal Kombat 10, and that's Kung Jin. Uh, he was only introduced in this part of the, the series of Mortal Kombat, so he's not an old character. Um, number 10 coming out in, I think, 2015. If you don't know what Mortal Kombat is, it's just a gruesome set of fighting games, I think is like the best description I could give it. Um, but Kang Jin has uh, quite a big, long backstory. He's connected with uh, the group. I think it's like the uh, Earth the Earth Defenders. I think it's like Earth Realm um, and things like that. And it's connected to like Raiden. And I think he is Kung Lao's nephew, who's one of the older characters in Mortal Kombat. Um, anyway, he has a really big backstory that I won't get into right now. Um, but during that time when you're kind of going through that, um, it's kind of mentioned only in passing um, about his sexuality, which is, again, kind of why I've picked this character and why I kind of like it. It's uh, it's not really spotlighted or used as a trope. Um, and he's not made effeminate or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. he's just very much... Uh, you know Chinese man doing doing his thing kicking some ass um yeah and I think a lot of fighting games I think especially a lot of the older fighting games tended to use them a little bit like that where they were a trope or they would be used like particularly to make really effeminate characters um that kind of lean that way or a little bit campy and they just didn't do it for this and it's just kind of it works in the realm of Mortal Kombat and it works for his character really well um, and I think it was one of those things where people just started to notice it a couple times and made some posts on Twitter. And then the cinematic director, I can't remember his name, I think it's like Dominic Chinlauco. Um That was probably a terrible rep, like thing of his last name, I'm so sorry. Uh, just okay, kind I'm sure of, it's not Yeah, <laughs> that's true actually. Uh, he just kind of confirmed that yes, that that was the thing, that he was gay. They've, um, just kind of had that in there. Um, I don't really have much to say about Kanjing, especially because Mortal Kombat is great, but there's not much, there is story to it. Um, and there's a lot of deep history and lore around it, but I mean, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and it's just kind of in there, but I just kind of liked that about this character. Like he's one of my favorite ones to play when I do play. Um, and I just kind of liked that that fact was in there that you get this really nice rich backstory and there's obviously like passings of it and mentions that he's gay but um and i think there is a little bit of conflict between him and i think one of the older people in his uh family about it but it's not really like used in that way which is kind of nice yeah i i think that is nice and it leads back onto what you were saying before is it doesn't define the character um it's interesting to learn that information like later on and and that's really cool but it's not like it's not in your face to the point where like you're distracted by it like oh it's just he's just an awesome character he just also happens to be gay like it doesn't define him um yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, not I don't I don't know loads about Mortal Kombat, but they look they look awesome. Yeah, I think this is the thing. Like Mortal Kombat is such a gruesome, dark, aggressive looking game. Like if you've ever played any of them, the brutalities and stuff that you can do 
um it's just it's it that's like the nature of that game and i think having someone who has a gay representation when perhaps like the stereotypes of you know gay men aren't particularly fitting into that what you would expect that world to be is yeah. just that nice kind of connection and i think it probably helps people to understand you know that you can just be a you know whoever <laughs> yeah cool um yeah that's very i couldn't find any facts either about this all the facts that i kept on finding were just about his move set and i was like i mean it's gonna be great for people who are really into mortal kombat but probably not so great for the podcast yeah that's fair enough <laughs> okay sorry more into my number three we are speeding through we are that's all right we've, we've cut a lot of the waffle i think we used to waffle a lot um, <laughs> i think we, do. we don't waffle as much now. no i think i catch myself waffling now and i'm like quick end it end it now yeah <laughs> So my number three, I feel like a lot of people are going to come for me for this one. Not because of who I've picked. Well, maybe because of that. But the fact that I haven't picked anyone else from this particular game. Now, I said to myself that I was only going to put one person in per game. And I've lied to myself because I have done that. But this character has a lot of other people in this game that are um, like LGBTQ+. plus. Mm-hmm. But I picked this one for a particular reason. And I will tell you why. So okay. I picked Lorelai from Borderlands 3. Oh, okay. So now I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but like everyone in Borderlands in the universe is like pretty much, you know, queer or, or gay in some circumstance. Um, it has great representation and, and I really appreciate that. But for me, Lorelai is just someone that I just, I love. So she's an NPC in Borderlands 3. You don't get to play her, but she is a character that's like new um to the to the franchise um she just looks amazing for a start um so before malawan began their attack on promethea she was working at a coffee shop she is um like addicted to coffee it's like an obsession mm-hmm. um she was visited by reese one of the characters from like the borderlands universe he's the ceo of atlas um she sort of helps um in that and she gets herself caught up in the conflict joined atlas to try and fight off malawan forces and members of children of the vault um, as I said, she's addicted to coffee. You do a lot of side missions for her and you find out a lot more about her. Um, and one of those things um, is confirmed by the writer, Sam Winkler, who has gone on record to state that Lorelai is a non-binary character. She uses female pronouns, but is seriously considered undergoing transition. And there are hints of this throughout the game. So she does, um, she talks about it openly um, in the game and just says that, you know, I think she calls herself a, like a bloke sometimes and things like that. But the reason why she is saying that she's not um, undergoing it right now is because of the fact that there's um, like an outbreak of the corporate war so she um, basically realises that transitioning um, is more than just changing your physical body it's more of like an emotional journey which you mm-hmm. need your friends around you and cause she basically says in the game because in the game there's like change booths where you can edit your appearance and things like that um, she's like you know you could walk into a change booth and just change into a man right away but she was like there's more to it than that so mm-hmm. she is like the character realises that yeah. it's like a big thing um, but just the fact that obviously she's talking about it is is cool and it's not it's not so in your face like it's only when you sort of start to learn about her and yeah. about the fact that she's considering um, transitioning but one of the other reasons as well um, as, I put it, just, as well as the fact that she's just an awesome person is that she um, the voice actor is Kieran Strange who is a um, trans male <laughs> and Kieran Strange is a musician actor and voice actor they are really cool actually i quite like i like their music a lot i have listened to a bit of it but they're just very talented they've done other sort of voice acting stuff but i think that the the character 
they they really help bring it to life i think with like um a lot of the humor they are i think they are english i think they were born in english so there was a very like heavy british accent which i appreciate <laughs> i appreciate seeing that in borderlands um there's a lot of like sort of sarcasm um obviously the obsession with mm. coffee um and just yeah just quite a lot of likability and i just think like the sort of the fact that you know they have got a trans actor to play lorelei is really really cool i think yeah. that that is really really great and just the fact that you know it's something that's mentioned in there i just i just think they did it i think they did it well and i i want to cosplay lorelei in the future nice yeah it sounds like they took a lot of sensitivity when doing with it and i like yeah. what you said kind of about the change booth thing it's like it's yeah you, know, you can go and change your body but it, there's a more emotional connection and that's, yeah of course that's nice to hear like that they understand that it's not just like let's just have an operation and do stuff it's a big a big thing it's a big kind of journey that people yeah take. exactly and it's sort of you know it's it's understanding that the whole transition is yeah it's, it's not just it's not just physical there's so much to it and um and yeah just as the fact that they got like obviously transacted to sort of take but obviously means mm. that 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 person knows from their own experience and and can do can do a good job i'm not 100 sure of lorelei's sexuality I, that hasn't really been confirmed i know the character zero has a big crush on crush on them but i don't know uh exactly sort of you know but that, that doesn't matter it really i think that's the thing as well like a lot of yeah. these things it doesn't always matter it's like they're just who they are like we don't need we don't need to always know everything but obviously when they do start to talk about certain things it, it's interesting because then obviously you get the representation um and obviously someone that potentially is in, in the same bow and you know comes across a character like Lorelai is i just think that's quite nice yeah definitely no it sounds nice yeah so don't really have any facts um because Lorelai is only an NPC I don't think there's there's not too much I tried to do so much research and, and didn't really find that much but um just generally just yeah she's a very likable character she's very cool no. um obviously I love Borderlands so yeah I was gonna say Borderlands is always just a thing so that's always good yeah. nice um so my number three um and I'm interested to know whether you had a character from this game as well, because I think there are two at least, and I've gone with one of them, um, is Soldier76 from Overwatch. Nice. I um, On my honorable mentions, actually. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Okay, so the other person would be Tracer, um, yeah. who, again, is a nice is a uh, representation as well. Um, I don't know what it is. I think I just prefer the character of Soldier, and I... Uh, have more i don't know i just like soldier more i think That's i play fair. i never really play tracer ever i occasionally play soldier um but if you've not ever played overwatch i don't really know how to explain it it's just like a team-based shooter in which you have six people and you choose a character and defend a payload or not that's probably the best description i can give of that game uh if you don't know you've probably just not been paying attention to uh multiplayer games which is fine uh but basically one of the characters that you can pick is soldier 76 um and he's i don't know he's just got he's got a lovely representation i think in the community of being like this nice kind of dad character yeah. you know what i mean he's just got a really nice uh thing about him and anytime we see um anything in any of the shorts and stuff that they release he kind of carries that along um and i think that's just why i really enjoy him as a character i just think he's quite a well it's a rounded person for someone who's actually when you think about their name and their soldier it's probably not exactly what yeah. you think of when you think and it, of i word. think 
it came out quite late as well like that he was that he was gay i don't think it was one of those things that was like that it was right away and i think a lot of people were like don't be silly like no he's not and it's like no he is <laughs> like yes. he definitely is yeah so it only came out the short only came out early last year that he was oh, wow. uh, and he revealed was, that he was yeah. gay and uh, i mean how long has overwatch been out for it's been a long time like yeah um so you know they're kind of constantly developing and showing you more about characters and stuff and i think this is kind of the thing like again i've picked another character where it's like i like this character they also just happen to be gay um or lgbtq like um and i think the nice thing about the way that they did that short as well was really nice and revealed it was just such a natural conversation that he was having with one of the other characters anna um and they find a photo of a soldier whose actual name is jack and his uh partner vincent or his partner at the time vincent and they're kind of talking about the fact that they've seen this picture that he's still got and he's like you know talking with Anna about like oh I don't really you know we were together but it's not really like that anymore like I'm really happy for him he's got married and having children um he deserved like and he's kind of going on about how he deserved a better life because mm-hmm. then I could give him because I was more about my duty and yeah. doing stuff to fight for people it wasn't really something that I could be with and it's just I think as well like that's a really nice representation of stuff like actual relationship stuff like that's a very normal thing that can happen to people is like if a soldier has to go off and you know is taking care of their duty can't you know maybe provide for people back home but again i think when you think about it you don't necessarily always think about um people you know under the lgbtq plus flag like having those kind of same things i think some people miss it so um i think they did it well in that sense yeah and i think i think as well like it's right about the stereotypical thing like a lot of people wouldn't necessarily look at soldier and you know if they didn't realize they wouldn't necessarily assume but that's the thing about the world is like no one necessarily looks gay like no one necessarily looks a certain way like that and i think maybe that's when a lot of people realize who maybe weren't fully aware and who you know maybe like love someone like soldier 76 um and maybe had prejudices themselves but then obviously then learned about soldier maybe it made them realize that actually it doesn't define you you are who you are like i like you so therefore it doesn't matter like do you know what i mean like i just think that it's it's good when it kind of um just makes you realize that it just doesn't doesn't define as you said i'm just using that whole word again it doesn't define you yeah definitely and actually you use a real point for me to lead on to one of my facts which is um during september 2016 soldier was one of the most widely played hero in the game and i think he still is one of the most widely used heroes in the game which is incredible yeah um and yeah and even still what that is just kind of like you know it's just it's a character and he's good at this thing and you know paying attention to backstory or not that's a part of him um one of my other facts is not a particularly great fact but i found Mm. it um his apparently his commando 76 and night op skins have uh on his dog tags listed catholic as his religion um so apparently he is religious and it's probably the first notably reference to uh real world religion in overwatch okay yeah fair enough yeah it was just a weird fact that i found out about skin and i was like <laughs> i did not know this i didn't think they really addressed anything like that so apparently they do okay fair enough maybe we'll um, find out more about that yeah but yeah that's kind of it again it's quite short for soldier um again overwatch isn't exactly a story based game although they do release these shorts with a lot of story and a lot of character in them uh which i think they do quite well i don't really have much else to say okay cool nice flying through again number two (laughs) 
Yep, number two. So this was the character that I said I wasn't going to do because I've used <laughs> the same game, which is a bit naughty, but at the end of the day, if the game has good representation, yeah, then I'm okay. going to do it. Mm-hmm. So my number two is a character called Krem from Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> I could not not have have Krem on here, um, and I'll tell you why, but their full name is Chromesius. Aklasi, um, also known as Krem. They're a member of the Bulls Chargers Mercenary Company and he serves as the Iron Bull's attendant. Obviously, I spoke of the Iron Bull earlier, who is played by Freddie Prince Jr., who is great, obviously, actor, but now voice actor for games because he loves games. Yeah. Um, and as yeah, I mentioned, Iron Bull, obviously, Iron Bull had the somewhat maybe potential relationship with Dorian. But this is all about Krem. So Krem is, yeah, one of the mercenaries. So Krem, I think, is someone that is incredibly interesting and you come across Krem when you obviously meet the Iron Ball and for me I didn't really notice I didn't really I, I used to think that Krem was just male I didn't really like put anything on it I recognized the voice and I remember thinking that sounds a lot like Jennifer Hale um, to which it was but <laughs> you basically find out um, about Krem which is that Krem is is effectively transgender. So Krem was born to um, a Devinter Taylor, so born and raised as a girl. And then Krem realized that he was different to other girls that he knew would often pretend um, to like shave with his father and, and never liked what he saw in the mirror. Um, once he reached adulthood, bit of a, a horrible backstory really, but his mum began to pressure him to marry a son of a wealthy merchant, save the family from slavery. Krem refused obviously because that's just not what, what they who they were. Um, relationship with his mother was destroyed and then some other bad shit happened and Krem's father was put out of business and he had to sell himself into slavery to save his family which was really sad Um, Krem then joined the army but since the women's roles because at this point I think technically still sort of identifying as a woman um, the Devinta military were like really restricted with women um, so Krem decided to conceal his gender by bribing the healer who performed the physicals and then um, someone discovered Krem's secret and reported him to the authorities and he was basically like faced with the threat of slavery or execution. Uh, so he ran and that's where he bumped into the Iron Bull who saved Krem. Um, and that's when he lost his eye because Iron Bull lost his eyeball. So he has like a, an eye patch. Um, yeah. So Krem joined the Iron Bull's mercenary company and, and like now he's like second in command. So obviously like he did really well. Um, and you basically like you find this out from like Krem basically sort of like telling you everything which is really nice but it's not it was never in your face I think like it just comes up in conversation where you're just having a chat in the tavern and um, originally I think the Iron Ball had told you or you'd asked if um, like Krem was was female or male Uh, but it wasn't in it wasn't in that kind of like ignorant way it was it just happened to be in the conversation somehow it wasn't like you just sort of were like so because obviously that's quite insulting to just bring that up it just it just happened to come in and the iron ball says something which which i quite enjoyed um which was the um because sorry i forgot to say iron ball is kunari i don't know if i told you that uh right i'm with you now so kunari are like i don't really know how to describe their species they're quite big they have horns um they're quite they can be quite cold I guess is the way to describe it. Yeah, there's not quite, much like stuff in their yeah. voice. They're quite blunt sometimes. Yeah. If you know about the um, oh my god, I can't remember the name in like Mass Effect, the 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 big Pat- ones from that. What are they called? Oh, Elcor. No, <laughs> the aggressive because they're quite Canary are quite cold and, and oh, quite Krogans. 
Krogan, yeah, I, I sort of equivalent them to that. Like they're, they can be quite cold and, and life is, it can be quite a lot about like military and, th- and things like that. Um, but Iron Bull says that Krem fits the Kunari concept of a Kun Athlok, which translates in Kunlat as born as one gender but living another. Um, so Iron Bull doesn't seem phased by it at all. Um, and Krem, at that point, because Krem's there at this point actually, remembering that. So Krem is actually present in this conversation. Asks Iron Bull if Kunari treat them any differently to others, which Iron Bull replies they are treated like the men they are, which I think is really cool because he basically says that the Kunari don't care. Like they just. Yeah. If, if you are one gender, but you're living another, then, you know, we'll treat you as you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was really, it was just a really nice moment. And you can kind of see, like, the way that Krem responds to that um, is obviously quite, like, comforted, I think, by that. To know mm-hmm. that, you know, the Iron Ball does not care. Like, he's like, if you're a man, then you're a man. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what you were born. Um, which I, I think, I think Bywa did amazingly. The whole thing around Krem was just was just fantastic it wasn't in your face it was just a bit of character development you could then find out you know and and i think they just they just did it very well and um krem is apparently the first trans transgender character to appear in a bio video game which i didn't yeah. realize yeah i wouldn't have thought that but yeah so it's I, true i can't think of yeah. it i think that's why for me they're quite like a significant character um and they received like generally positive reception mm-hmm. um as a positive re- representation of transgender characters in video games there are people out there that don't think that it was done well i think they said it was quite forced i don't think it was forced but that's mostly because when i was playing it i never felt like it was forced i didn't even realize for like half of the game mm. that creme was transgender i just thought that creme was male it was only until you know got to know them a little bit more that i found out they weren't but it was never it never felt like it was a trope yeah or a stereotype yeah it just is kind of one of those like things again that we've been talking about the whole time it's just like yeah. it's a good representation of a person being a person and not being defined by how they yeah. want to be seen i think what i really like about here um dragon age and it, one of the reasons i really want to play it as well is that it's kind of it's set in that medieval kind of fancy kind of area and i wouldn't say that a lot of the time whenever you think about maybe old or past representation of those worlds that you get a lot of lgbt plus characters yeah. in him like you think about a knight and a, a princess and that's kind of you know what i mean like that that's kind of the black and white yeah. old version of it and i think what's nice is that bioware were trying to break that a bit and trying to like you know stir up what that means and just say like look this would have been you know this is it's a fantasy world like why does it have to be restrained particularly to what like we would have said our old medieval versions probably would yeah. have been like of course, yeah. I I think I think Bioware were like definitely the ones that would obviously not the only ones, but the ones that were kind of like straight up like look at all these relationships you can have like with everyone, and I think I think that's really good. Just the fact that they just made that available. And yes, okay, they haven't been perfect maybe with with identifying the protagonists necessarily all the time. Like I yeah. think there does need to be more options with um, like yeah, non-binary the... options mm-hmm. with with making your character. But, you know, they, they have been trying and I think I think that's the main thing, you know, is just the fact that they, they are trying. The the only thing I've got another fact, which is obviously I mentioned Jennifer Hill played Krem. Um, she did a fantastic job. Um, as I said, the voice to me at first sounded male, but it did sound a bit like Jennifer Hill. Um, but apparently a lot of people haven't been that happy about it because they said that they think a transgender person should have been cast and not like a cis woman. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I completely, you know, 
can understand and I don't know what their decisions were in casting Jennifer Hill you know we don't really know that mm-hmm. um, but obviously as I say about Lorelai from Borderlands like that that was a great move casting someone that is trans to play a trans character is fantastic maybe they didn't quite nail that but maybe they'll take that on board for the next time um, yeah you definitely know? yeah because so. there is uh, definite rumours that there is a new Dragon Age coming soon uh, not soon oh, but ha- so. soon in terms of Bioware <laughs> the next thing that Bioware does so yeah. hopefully, yeah, hopefully, like we said, we'll just see an, another, again, another progression and maybe with more, you know, uh, gender options and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, there's another character for you to get to know Dragon Age when you eventually play it. Exactly. I'm more and more, I'm just being like, right, I need to go and play Dragon Age right now. I've had yeah. a craving to play something in that kind of world at the moment. So maybe this is awesome. my time. Okay, well, that's my number two. No more facts than that, because my facts are pretty much intertwined within the information that I've given you about Krem. Yeah, that's fair. I think it was good. Um, so my number two is uh, from an indie game, and it's uh, from 2064 Read Only Memories, and the character is Tomcat. Okay. So this is a game. I'll explain a little bit more about the game quickly before I go on to the character, because um, the game itself is a very good representation um, of LGBTQ. Uh, the reason is it's created by Midboss, which is the company behind... Gamer X, which is spelled G-A-Y-M-E-R-X, which is a non-profit dedicated to kind of supporting LGBTQ people and the culture within gaming. Um, they put on conventions, which are, they've kind of gone with, we're going to make a convention that is designed to be a safe space for LGBTQ people to go to conventions. And maybe they don't feel quite safe in, a, you know, one of the bigger ones. Um, and so them themselves kind of set out to make a game that was very much heavily had representation so there's so many characters i think there are more characters that are like either non-binary or stuff like than cis like straight male or female characters that's kind of it um it's a point and click style adventure game it kind of looks a bit like an old monkey island game it's all pixelated and it's kind of like in a short screen with some text but it's really well done set in like cyberpunk kind of time thinking like akira and DSX and What's things it like called that. again? Sorry, I'm trying to Google. Uh, 2064 Read Only Memories. Okay. Got it, it looks really Sorry. cool. It's very bright and colourful. Um, yeah, oh, that you'll does see look it. Cool. It's got like people are kind of experimenting with all It's very like think about what you're kind of learning about cyberpunk at the moment, 2077, and that's kind of what this has. Um, you've got robots and things like that. And the basic. Oh, it's on the Switch. Okay, yes, cool. Yes, it's on the Switch. Um, I got it recently in the uh, bundle for um, uh, Justice like that uh itchy were doing oh, um yeah. I, so i've only played like um probably half of it i think i'm halfway through so i can't really tell you how it ends so if i picked a character and then end up to be the worst person in the world i'm really sorry but at the moment i really <laughs> like them and they seem great um but the base of the story is you're a young journalist and the nice thing about this game again is also you can pick your pronouns how you want to be referred to oh that's good you can have anything you want i think you can i think you can choose from a list or you can enter your own so i think you can put whatever you want in um if you really felt like being truly represented by something you wanted you can just type it on in there um you are awoken one night um by a small rom robot called turing which again is named after alan turing a gay scientist who nice. did the Turing test. Um, so again, lots of representation, lots of stuff going on in this game. Um, and he's basically supposed to be the first robot with true free will and thought. And basically his creator goes missing and you start off on this mission to try and find out what happened to them because you kind of know them. 
Um, it kind of goes on and there's just lots of investigation stuff. Like I said, at the moment, I'm halfway through the investigation. It's really exciting. So I'm enjoying it. But um, <laughs> during the course of this investigation, you meet a hacker called Tomcat. Tomcat is a non-binary uh, person. They have a beautiful south, like southern accent. Like, Ooh, there's actual voice accent. acting in it. Yes, there's Amazing. voice acting in it, which is really cool. It's really well done. Uh, the voice of Tomcat is... I don't know who Joan. I meant to look it up. Um, it's just really nice. I love the the y'all kind of drawling southern. It just works really well for them. Um, but they, I think, I just really like their character. There's a lot to them, and I don't really want to give away. Can't really give away one of the reasons I like them because it kind of leads into the the story and their backstory about them. But they just become a really likable character. You kind of find out they were arrested. Like this is quite an early thing. On that, uh, they tell you about that they went to prison for hacking into a big corporation that's like the main corporation that you're kind of half not sure about during the during the investigation um and they go to prison for hacking and then they kind of come out as a new person trying to trying to get their way but again it's it's like there's so much in this game that never explicitly tells you anything about people um having to like specifically label someone and just be like oh i have to tell you this person is gay or this person is non-binary mm. it just you just kind of know like the way that they refer to themselves like tomcat especially they just kind of talk about you know them and you just kind of go along with it like you don't really have to make all assumptions and stuff like this about the people um they've got a really what i like about tomcat as well is it's the designs of some of the characters are really cool and Tomcat has this really cool like very androgynous look um I think their original name is Julian or their birth name is Julian and then I'll go with the alias Tomcat um but again you just don't they you know they don't really go into a lot of it um but Tomcat's just really nice character as you can tell she, uh, like they want to do a lot for their family some and great hair yeah that's what I mean the look of them is really cool they've got like this really cool like pink but also like sideburny kind of blonde bits round and some earrings and some cool baggy stuff and I'm like I really want to go dress as if I was a like cyberpunk age because it just looks comfy man <laughs> I, lo- I like it because it looks like 80s cyberpunk I guess because it's yes. like kind of 8-bit-y 64-bit or whatever kind of looking game side-scroller it's, it has like obviously it's meant to be set in the future but it has like a, this sort of 80s which is like my favourite vibe so 80s yeah. future it definitely it's definitely that cyberpunk feel to it that you just get from looking at those kind of things it does really yeah. well and yeah Tom Cat just is a really nice character and I think a really nice representation they just they're just fun they're quite fun and happy now you meet some miserable people walking yeah. around talking to people and they just have the opposite feeling um I think the only fact that I could find about uh Tomcat specifically in this game was that uh the lead artist and animator and I think one of the directors of Midboss came out and said that Tomcat's names comes from a 80s J-rock singer of the same name nice so I was like I'm always up for some J-rock so I'm glad that's what you've got it's very like it's very Blade Runner vibes isn't it with the whole yes 1980s slash future thing I'm, I need to get this game yeah like a <laughs> it, just, it sounds like my jam uh, the bot you'll really like Turing the ROM robot like that you talk to like they're really cool um, and all the characters and stuff that you meet like I'm just I'm really enjoying it it's one of those games where I've seen it around for quite a while um, and I've just never gotten around to playing it but actually like if I, like I said if I could put the whole game in as a representation I think I would um, yeah. 
And I think the only reason I haven't really got it as my number one is because I haven't finished it. So I'm a bit like, what if they're terrible? <laughs> what if it ends terribly? But I yeah. think from what I've heard and the reception of the game of, of people and a lot of organisations that look at gaming um, for LGBTQ plus people, this is kind of like st- stood out as one that is trying really hard to give someone yeah. representation that they need. Of course. And I think um, like research is a very good thing I, I didn't mention it with some other ones but um but like with creme um i know that the makers did like a lot of research things in borderlands and like speaking to people and making sure that the representation um is sort of like true and not forced and not do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, I think when a company does something like that they obviously need to make sure it's it's, it's right and it's it's not just like someone's come along it's like writing books and stuff like it's it's just good to be able to actually make sure you're representing that character correctly as, as they would want to be representation almost if they were yeah real. definitely like a sensitivity to it and actually wanting to get it right you know yeah. rather than just like oh we're just gonna write this character is whatever yeah not having any kind of thing to go off or speaking to anyone or anything like that is yeah yeah definitely but yeah that's my number okay. two we're on to number ones yeah so going on to the thing of like not finishing it this person um i couldn't really do that much research for (laughs) so my number one is somebody that makes me feel weird in my tummy um not in my tummy that's that's wrong um makes me feel weird everywhere um is ellie from the last of us who Uh, apparently i'm in love with now i mean so i think the only reason ellie isn't in my list is because i've not played the prequel and i've not played number two yet so I yes. don't really have a sense of her, uh, like, knowing her sexuality. I know her as yeah. a small child, like, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, Ellie, as we've said, is the fictional character of um, the game, video game Last of Us, and it's sequel The Last of Us 2, and also the DLC, Left Behind. So Left Behind is where we kind of find out a bit more about Ellie, um and sort of her sexuality and things but obviously yes she is like a small child she's like 13 in the first one so we don't really know that much about her then but either way like ellie is awesome i think we've said multiple times she's a great character she defies the damsel in distress trope like she and herself is like very uh, i don't know how to describe it really like yes okay she is a small child and you are joel kind of like looking after her but she, there's something about her in the way that she it doesn't feel like she does always need looking after. Yeah, she's very strong. She's very independent. Mm-hmm. She likes to swear a lot. Yeah, which and I, I think when I yeah, and I think when I say like young child, I don't mean like doesn't know <laughs> yet, like or doesn't yeah. have an understanding yet. It's just more like they just don't address it. There's just a, there's too much going on in the first Last of Us mm. for her to think about you know. Oh yeah, that kind of thing. Which I so, think is fair. In the Left Behind DLC, I'm not going to give away any spoilers because there may be people out there who haven't even played the first one yet or maybe thinking about it or haven't played the DLC um, like you. But the Left Behind features a scene where Ellie does kiss her friend Riley, um, who's also female. Um, They have known each other a while, I think. You know, they're they're kind of just exploring. I think I want to say they're like 13, 14, but I'm not sure. I've never been fully clear of Ellie's like age throughout all of this, Mm. like the first one at least. Um, I want to say she's 13. She obviously, she's a certain age that, you know, she would do something like that. Um, So obviously it's suggested that she's either gay or bisexual at that point. Um, And I, (laughs) I remember actually like, I think I Googled it a long time ago when like no one was really sure. And, um, and I actually found some more forums today where people were talking about it. And some people were just like really adamant that she wasn't gay. She was like, oh no, she, she was just like, 
you know, she was just coming of age and she just wanted to kiss her friend because, you know, like, that's what you do when you're young. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, guys, like, I mean, we know that she's fully gay now, but like, why are you, why are you shunning it? Like, why are you not allowing it to be a thing? It really yeah. annoyed me. Yeah, that's fine. She's um, like, quick, we'll just t- sweep it under the rug. Yeah, Deny so it. these people apparently didn't want her to be gay, but hey, she is now. But yeah, so she she obviously um, was, you know, was into her friend, um, more than just friends at that point. And I'm not going to say anything else about what happens, but um, so Druckmann, the obviously like creator of the game, said that he did write Ellie as a gay character, um, but he preferred to leave the subject of her sexuality up to players to decide at that point. So at that point, he obviously didn't want to fully confirm but he knew that she was intended to obviously be a gay character. Um, yep. We now know that she she pretty much is because of the the um, it was I think it was like the trailer or like the E three yeah. announcement where like they reveal for it. Did you watch it? It was like where yeah. they were at like a dance, mm-hmm. um, and so she and Dina kiss, and I think I re- I didn't have it in my fact journal. I didn't have any notes about it, but I think it was quite like. A lot of people were really shocked because obviously they, they did that at E3 and everyone was like, oh, like this is the first time that like maybe they've had something like a, maybe like a gay couple kissing at an E3 announcement. I'm not sure. I don't know for sure. But I think from what I read, a lot of people were shocked. But I was like, good. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Shake up it, those white men. Yeah. But it was it was really I think it was really interesting and I think it was done well. And I think it's led very nicely now into The Last of Us Part 2 where we now understand that Ellie has this um potential blossoming relationship with with dina i'm not giving any spoilers because you haven't played it yet, no but, yeah i know there um, is like a, that thing around this is a spoiler free zone but obviously it's it's <laughs> intended that they are having something because it was in the like the trailer yeah. so yeah that's what i mean um and obviously like that's explored a bit more and and we kind of you know ellie i think is like i want to say she's in her early 20s now i want to say she's maybe like 21 22 mm-hmm. not 100% sure um, but she's an adult now and so obviously she's kind of like I'm trying to understand her relationship and and how she feels and I think it was hinted actually that she did have an ex-girlfriend at one point the bit that I was playing recently so mm. um, I think I would say that she's like 100% um, a lesbian Yeah. but um, I don't really want to say much more about the game because I've not finished it I'm only about four hours in Yeah. but I absolutely adore Ellie like Last of Us Part Two has just made me love her even more. Um, I just, I just, as soon as I saw her, I was like, I just have a crush on her, and I can't. I mean, for some <laughs> reason, like, I think some people prefer Dina, but I'm like, no, it's just, it's Ellie. But it's weird because I saw her when she was young, but now she's this woman, and I'm like, oh, I still just, I still love her. <laughs> I don't quite know how I feel about this. <laughs> Is it a bit like what you would think that like Padme should feel like about? Uh, yeah, maybe. Anakin. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I know I'm not alone out there. I know that like a lot of people are like are loving Ellie right now. Oh, um, yeah. But she she's just a fantastic character. I just adore her, especially now having her as like a grown up woman. She kicks so much ass. Like, you know, people should be f- afraid of her, which I think is one of the quotes. You know, where like they're mm. like, oh, they should be afraid of you because she's so badass and she's unapologetically badass and she's just. I don't know. There's, I just think that she, if I was a young girl growing up today, seeing someone like Ellie would make me feel quite confident in myself and make me go like, oh, well, I could be like her. Like, mm. I just think that her character, like, again, not being the damsel in distress, now she is the, like, she's the main, this isn't a spoiler. She's like, a, obviously, a protagonist of the game. You know that you play as her. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's great. And she's all on the front cover and the copies have sold amazingly. 
yeah. and I just love it. Yeah, I mean, I love her in the in the first game when she's just a kid. So I I know I'll really enjoy mm. her growing up and seeing like how she turned out and stuff. But you're right. I think the way that they've kind of done it with just a, like this is this character like that's it end of discussion kind of thing yeah like it's obviously like i haven't played the second one but i know it's a part of that story but it's you know it seems like it might be done in the right way so that's cool it's just yeah i guess it's, it's just natural i think that's one thing that i've been feeling is it's not forced like ellie is who she is and she's having this kind of relationship or, or budding relationship with this with this other woman dina and it's just it just feels like it's just totally normal it doesn't yeah. feel like oh this is this is scandalous this is like something i've never seen before. like it just it just feels so natural like it doesn't at any point feel like forced yeah and i've just written mm, written that well. and i maybe think that's because of the left behind duty as well the fact that they'd already kind of laid the groundwork for us understanding ellie a bit more and then sort of coming into this it just feels like it all just makes perfect sense and this is ellie and this is who she is and this is her story and yeah like it's it's just I'm, yeah. just, I'm really enjoying it and I'm excited to see what happens I'm a bit scared to see what happens because like it's one of those things where <laughs> yeah you've waited so long for this game and and obviously you want it to be good and I'm absolutely loving it so far but um I'm so invested in these characters that I'm like <laughs> <laughs> don't hurt Ellie and we'll be fine Please like don't. I will protect yeah. her with my life <laughs> I think yeah you kind of said a good point though it's like I think because you have seen her as a kid and and then you know seen a bit more of it you can tell that it was like a well thought out part of her character all the time it's not just a thing they've bolted on to get shock or you know throw something edgy in there like he said he always designed her to be this way and you've kind of seen her kind of almost slowly explore that and get to where she is with it now Mm. and she's comfortable with it as well and i think that's the nice thing is she's just she's comfortable with who she is now um and that's awesome yeah you know nice. and yeah she's just she's just great so i will finish that soon hopefully i'm yeah. playing it at parts but um i would recommend last one so if you've never played it i'd give it a go i don't have any facts apart from the fact that i just have one fact that i think we potentially have used before when we spoke about last of us which is that ellie uses the word fuck more than any other character in the game <laughs> yeah. this is when she was in the first game as well when she was you know 13 or whatever she uses the word fuck 143 times i mean she's just a little potty mouth so and she continues to use the word fuck <laughs> i was gonna steal so. her favorite word in the second <laughs> one good to know um that's literally it because i feel like facts with this is hard because it's really hard to find specific facts about characters um just in general i find yeah. sometimes especially games that we've already spoken about to death like the last of us yeah definitely i agree it's hard to find ones about specific characters like oh shit we didn't do our honorable mentions <laughs> Oh, we didn't. We forget every time. We'll do it before yours. We'll do it. We'll do it before yours. Oh, we'll do it before mine. We'll just build suspense for mine. It's going (laughs) to be anticlimactic, I think, by the end of it. But uh, um, sure. So, who have you got? So, I've got some people from Borderlands. Now, I've actually not even mentioned everyone from Borderlands who um, (laughs) is, you know, obviously potentially um, gay. I think some of them are bisexual. Some of them are. There's just everyone in Borderlands is gay, basically. Um, Axton from Borderlands, Jane Mm -hmm. Springs, Athena, Moxie. (laughs) who's bisexual, Hammerlock, who's gay, DLC about his gay wedding, sounds amazing, need to play it, haven't played it yet. Um, <laughs> Tiny Tina, I think, is also a lesbian, who was also played by Ashley Birch, who was Chloe. Sorry, I've got so many. Um, Pavati, who is a character from Outer Worlds, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
She's a great character. Steve Cortez from Mass Effect. I don't know yeah. if you remember him. I do remember Cortez. Cortez is yeah. the, one of the greats. I like Cortez. Yeah, you can romance him, I think, if you're a male. That's one of the other male-only romances, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Flack. I think you say a Flack, or L F L 4K from Borderlands. I don't know. I've never. It's one of those names I've never known how to say. Yeah. They are um, non-binary, so they are they. Um... And then also the Asari from Mass Effect is just one yeah. big thing because they don't generally have male females. They just they just don't really have anything. They're just all non-binary pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bloodhound from Apex as well is on my yeah. honourable mentions. So what are your mentions? Sorry, that was a lot. I spoke really fast. No, it's cool. Um, I've got quite a lot actually. Actually, so continue on from Apex. I've had the other one in there. I've got Gibraltar. Gibraltar is yes. a gay man. Um, I've got Dave from Firewatch. Um, it's one of the small stories that you follow oh, yeah. in, in Firewatch where you find out that Dave has feelings of for course. his friend and wants to talk about them but doesn't. Uh, I've recently been playing Celeste as well uh, and it's hinted that Madeline might be uh, transgender in one of them or I think the thing but I don't think they've confirmed it yet. Um, but I'm going with it anyway. Uh, Undertale, I've got a few. Undertale has a few characters in there, and Diane is yes. one of them. I've spoken about their that couple before in our couples episode, so I won't do it again. Um, Pokemon X and Y has a character Nova who's supposed to be transgender, but only in the Japanese version. So I'm a bit pissed about that, but mm. I thought I'd mention it anyway. And Siri from The Witcher Three. Yeah. Oh, Siri. yeah. Actually, saying that, I I definitely got on with a woman when I was Siri. <laughs> so yeah. So I know. Siri, you can. And then also, I think more in the books and around her character that she's based on. Apparently, that's very confirmed that she's had girlfriends and stuff in the past. But yeah, I you can hint that Siri you uh, yeah. is gay. To be honest, I don't yeah. know why. I just I think it's because I love her as well. Maybe on yeah. the same level as Ellie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean Siri, just beautiful. Um. Anyway, can I do my number one now? Yes. I feel like it's going to be a bit anticlimactic, but so I don't know how Sorry. you feel about this game. It's fine. I've gone with Sam or Samantha from Gone Home. Ah, okay, that's a good pick. Yeah, so Gone Home is a first-person exploration game uh, by the Fulbright Company. You basically play as a lady called Katie who returns home from overseas um, to find her family home. Like nobody's in it; everyone's gone, and there's just like a mysterious note on the door from her sister, Sam basically saying don't bother looking into what happened uh which is ominous and a bit creepy and uh i find that this game tries to put a lot of horror elements in it to make you feel i thought it was a horror uneasy. game when i was playing it yeah. i had no idea and i kept thinking i kept getting jump scares by the thunder outside yes and i think it's designed to be that way it's designed to make you feel uneasy and like like you're in a horror game but actually the crux of the, the game, and I'll try not to give too much away from it if people want to play it because it's a very story-based game, um, you kind of explore what happened to your family like while you were gone. And it kind of turns out that your um, your sister, Sam, came out as gay and is having a relationship with um, a, guy called, a girl called Lorne, or Yolanda, I think. And it just kind of explores through these notes and through these letters uh, that you can find around the house and other kind of things that uh, I think also there's like uh, tapes and stuff that you get that you can listen to because there's a lot of voice acting and stuff that she comes out as you know having this relationship with uh, a woman and her parents don't react very well to it at all and it's kind of you go on this journey with with her sister like and what she went through while you were away it's not a very long game um, and literally it is you walk around house finding things um, but it manages to tell a really nice story of a young woman trying to work out what's going on with her and kind of facing persecution for doing that um, 
but eventually like without being too spoilery it's just it's it ends kind of nicely that's kind of what i'll say it's not even Mm. though there are horror feeling to it and you think like oh my god something horrible is going to happen at the end of this like it's okay it's not it's not as bad as you think it's gonna be because i swear when i was playing it the whole time i thought like i'm gonna find her she's gonna have like hung herself or something it's gonna be really horrible um and i'm really glad it wasn't that but it does do a lot to make you feel uneasy this game like you said with the thunder. yeah i i really want to replay this game because when i first played it, i only played it once as i said i thought i was in a horror game i was quite uneasy maybe i wasn't fully paying attention to everything that was going on whereas now i really want to experience it knowing that i'm just i just want to like find out more and 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 stuff like that i think so i think for me maybe it didn't work quite as it should have done just because i was like thinking there was a boogeyman that was going to jump out from under the bed at me yeah um so yeah i definitely want to replay it because obviously now obviously i know what happens and everything like that i just it's it's a very well done game in that regard yeah i think i know what you mean like and i think you can quite easily compare it to other first person exploration games like one of our favorites um being what remains of edith finch and i think compared to that gone home is probably not as good and it doesn't do quite as much with the with the kind of walking simulator and storytelling as you know as gone home does but um it it still manages to tell i think a nice and quite poignant story i think that's kind of more what it was going for than uh taking through a bit more of a i don't know it's difficult to compare the two but it's just um, it's just a way of it's like just telling a story isn't it i guess yeah 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 definitely and i think you know actually it is quite a even though we're talking about it, it's not a horror game but it you know it's a bit personal horror of being you know a life of a, a queer yeah. teenager and having a family that doesn't quite understand what's going on or doesn't exactly. really accept that like that is something that people I, go through yeah. and i think as well as you said it's like it gives you that feeling of being a bit uncomfortable because you know you don't necessarily know what the outcome is you don't know what could have happened and this is someone's personal life and it's obviously a very like emotional time and and so actually although that kind of uncomfortable feeling maybe is a little bit misleading in some ways because you think you're in a horror game in fact for some people who are going through that in life it, it could be comparative to that and you'd get the same feelings of being uncomfortable and scared and and i think so it's, it's very clever that they've done that on reflection yeah definitely i think that's it i think i had to take a few like times to reassess this and i think after like reading more into it i think i got more into it It it's definitely the first time i played it i think i was like you i think i missed a lot of stuff and then going back and kind of thinking more into it and looking more i think i got it more and it kind of pieced together as a bit more of a whole experience for sure but i think the way that they did sam and the way that she writes and stuff like that and you can see somehow you kind of feel this nice relationship between you and your sister which I think is done well. Um, and just Sam just seems like a well kind of put together yeah. character for sure. And just kind of, even though it goes through quite a horrible time, is just, you know, a good good representation and a good character. Of course, yeah. Um, good pick. Yeah, that's kind of it. I don't have much more for this one. Um, again, no real facts. Couldn't really find many facts about Gone Home. I feel like I should have because it was like a single game and her, but yeah that's all right we we've been a bit factless but it's okay like our main priority was to talk about these awesome characters so yeah exactly um which we hope we've done well and we are sorry if we've at any point like said anything that was um offensive or anything like that because it is a (laughs) it's a hard topic sometimes yeah i mean please feel free to correct us and we'll try and get better tell us we've done anything wrong or said anything wrong and we will take it on board and we will change because that's what people should do exactly 
Educate um, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that no, that was good. I enjoyed that. I think that was a that was a good time. Yeah, it was a nice list. We learned, learned more stuff about characters. We learned stuff about ourselves. Yeah, we went through a meaningful journey there at the start. It was great. Yeah. Cool. Well, that about finishes our episode. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you can find out more about us at where, Nikki? Gametool5.com. Yep. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Do all that lovely stuff if you yep. want. At Gametool5. They're all... Or subscribe to our Patreon if you want some more content. Oh, yeah. forgot we got that. <laughs> yeah, we got that. Um, and, yeah, and we'll be... We'll be doing stuff for there soon, I think. Actually, we've got a, uh, we'll have an episode releasing at some point when I sort that out. <laughs> we're very, we're unfortunately, quite busy at the moment. Um, and we we want to do loads of guest stuff and, and do more guest stuff, but I'm unfortunately working a lot, so we haven't had that much time to to do everything we want to do. But we're trying, we're trying, yeah. and hopefully we'll have some more stuff for you soon. We have fun. That's what counts. Yeah, and cool. we hope Thanks you have some everybody. kind of fun too. <laughs> hopefully if not then i'm sorry we yeah. failed you i don't know why you're still listening to be perfectly honest <laughs> we're just waffling at this point we're doing it again we Let's never know stop. how to end the podcast no. i'm sorry it's like we- you know when you're on the phone to someone and you're yeah. like okay bye and then the person's like bye and you're like bye and you just don't know when to stop saying bye see you later that's us. <laughs> you just can't see keep saying like different versions of goodbye or see you later or you okay, hang up talk to you later no, you hang up <laughs> you in the podcast no you had you all right i'm ending it goodbye okay goodbye. bye